welcome back to the Highway to Health podcast. And thanks for connecting with us again on Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. The Highway to Health podcast is sponsored by Healthy Trucking of America. In this episode, Dr. T. Moltaire will be the guest of Dave Nemo, who will be your host for this edition of the Highway to Health podcast. As you guys will hear Dave mention during the podcast, Dr. Moltaire is a highly skilled ophthalmologist who is an expert in the care of diabetic retinopathy. Later in this edition of the podcast, we'll also be talking with you about Healthy Trucking of America and how you can get connected with the information and resources provided through HTA. Right now, it's time to hand it off to Dave Nemo for his feature interview with Dr. T. Moltaire on this edition of the Highway to Health podcast from Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. And it's a real honor to welcome Dr. T. Moltaire to the program here this morning. Dr. Moltaire, good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me, Dave. You are a member of the American Society of Retina Specialists. You are a vitreoretinal surgeon. And I read a little bit of your bio. I don't want to embarrass you, but you went to school for a long time. You know some stuff. You practice the highest level of eye surgery I think there is. Yes, or at least I practice the area of eye surgery that requires schooling. Yeah, beyond being an optometrist or an ophthalmologist, you have passed those hurdles, and now you're doing something that is really specific, I guess, since we're talking about the retina, specific to the retina itself. Yes. One of the things that I thought we might be able to do here before we kind of zero in on your work and how it pertains to diabetes, and so many of our listeners will have type 2 or are pre-diabetic, so if you're looking someone right in the eye, pretty much you're seeing the cornea. That's the outer layer. And then after that, the pupil kind of maybe walk through the different pieces of the eye, if you will, as you go from front to back to kind of give us a sense of what that is doing and how it affects the next thing. Absolutely. So we'll start by also talking about the white part of the eye, the sclera. That actually maintains the shape of the eye. The cornea is the clear part that you talked about in front of the eye. That's where the contact lens is on. That's where you have LASIK surgery. That's the location of that surgery. It is the main refractive surface of the retina, meaning that is what bends the light or focus the image on the retina so that you can see. Behind the cornea, you have the color part of the eye or the iris, and that iris is a sphincter that will constrict and dilate to control the amount of light that enters the eye. Behind that is the lens, and the lens is what changes shape to allow you to see near vision when you're younger and the inability for the lens to change shape that requires you to need reading glasses as you get older. The lenses also gets yellow with time and that's what develops cataracts and that's where the location where cataract surgery is done. Behind the lens is the jelly inside the eye. We call it the vitreous jelly and that is the source of when patients have floaters is proteins in the eye that patients are seeing. In a diabetic, it's where bleeding into the eye, will they will see that as floaters. The optic nerve is the cable that sends information from your eye to your brain. 
the major condition that we treat that involves the optic nerve is glaucoma. And then the retina itself, which is the area that I specialize in, is a thin tissue layer that lines the eyeball like wallpaper lining a room and it senses light and sends a signal to the brain so that you can see. For lack of a better term, and maybe it just may be straight out electric, is that an electric charge that the brain receives? So I think that would be appropriate to say the neurons are sending those signals. So the one end of the nerve starts in the retina, and we call that the cell body, and then the axons or the other end will connect at the nerve to send it to the brain. Diabetes affects the eyes. That's why we're having this discussion here this morning, of course. And we're talking to a lot of folks who are either pre-diabetic or have diabetes. A1C, of course, is the number that we all look at. My father, when I was five years old, succumbed to what they called childhood diabetes at that time. So is there something about the eye itself that makes it like a favorite target for what happens in diabetes? Because diabetes isn't really a thing. It's just something that it happens all over, right? You can't really pinpoint where the origin is beyond what you ingest, the sugars and things like that. But every organ, I think, is affected by diabetes in some way. Yes, so correct. Diabetes, high blood sugar will damage blood vessels all over the body. The eye just happens to be one location where you can look in and see it without taking a biopsy, for example, of the kidneys to see if they're damaged. And there's a good correlation between what happens to the eye and what's happening to the kidneys, for example. A lot of patients will associate diabetes with kidney failure and such, but the damage is to the vessels that feed the nerves in the feet and feeds the vessels affecting their heart and their brain. So the damage is to all vessels in the body. It just so happens that you can only see it in the eye. Yeah. You kind of remind me of the old saying, the eye is the window to the soul. It's also the window to the kidneys and the liver and everything else, right? That's exactly right. I must say that when I am seeing some patients with really bad diabetic retinopathy, the next thing I ask is, how are your kidneys doing? And if they're saying it's fine, I'm going to ask for it to be checked. And it's not uncommon if I am treating somebody at the end of their diabetic retinopathy, they are on dialysis. So it does go hand in hand. Yeah, we're going to take a real quick break right here. When we come back, let's talk about the inevitability or the ability to forestall retinopathy. And the word retinopathy kind of rolls off the tongue, believe it or not, but we don't really know exactly what it means. And I'm sure it means a multitude of different things. Maybe we could talk about the condition a little bit as well. Dr. T. Moltaire is with us here this morning, and we'll be right back on this edition of Highway to Health. You're listening to the Highway to Health Podcast on Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo. The Highway to Health Podcast is sponsored by Healthy Trucking of America. You can learn more about the information and resources available from HTA by visiting the organization's website, healthytruck.org. That's healthytruck.org. Now, folks, if you'd like to go further down the highway to health, we'd like to invite you to listen to the Dave Nemo Show on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio Channel 146. The road trip down the highway to health on the Dave Nemo Show happens every Tuesday from 8 a.m. to 9 a.m. Eastern Time. 
you'll hear interviews featuring interesting guests who can help you to stay healthy as you move down the road. So be sure to tune in every Tuesday morning to The Dave Nemo Show, which is heard on Sirius XM's Road Dog Trucking Radio Channel 146. The Dave Nemo Show is also available through the Sirius XM app. Now, folks, let's get you back to this edition of the Highway to Health podcast, sponsored by Healthy Trucking of America. Dr. T. Moltaire is with us this morning. She is an ophthalmologist, and she is trained in vitreoretinal surgery. Uh, Dr. T., I was just thinking, and I don't know if this is a fair analysis, but of all of the pieces of the body, it seems like the eye is kind of like the most machine-like. Like you've got these parts, you can kind of put them together, and you've got this thing. It's like an analog camera, in a sense. When we're describing it to a patient, we often compare the eye to a camera. And you're exactly right in that many parts of the eye need to work in order for you to see. So that's why we do have subspecialty in cornea and in the nerve and in the retina, because all of those pieces need to work in order for a patient to see. Indeed. So diabetic retinopathy, the blood vessels are affected by diabetes all over the body. But as you say, the ones in the eye are the ones we can see. So when you look in someone's eye, is it pretty obvious? In other words, is there a pass-fail kind of a thing when it comes to retinopathy? But I'm sure it's a sliding scale. So you're predisposed kind of, is that where we start? So there are several stages in diabetes. We start with no diabetic retinopathy, mild, moderate, severe. And then we have the final stage, which is proliferative, which is when the damage is so severe that the eye tries to compensate, but it does it poorly by making these abnormal new vessels. And most of the vision loss and diabetic retinopathy that we can't control as well is when the new vessels develop. Wow. So going back to the camera analogy, let's say it's a camera that has some electrical connections. We're hooking up the wrong wires now. Some of our wires burned out. We hook up some other wires, but they're the wrong ones and they can't carry the signal. Is that a fair comparison? I normally tell patients that if we're going to compare it to a camera, that the retina is the film of the camera and the cornea, that is like the lens of the camera. So we're just talking about not being able to process a good image because we're using the analogy because the film is damaged. I would say that the connection and the wires and everything would be more of an optic nerve issue. Yeah. Okay. So back to the retina itself then, what can you do about it? Obviously, you want to see somebody as early as possible. So pick a stage, if you will, and tell us what you might do to what? Stop it? Slow it? Or reverse? And I don't know we're going in reverse here, are we? So I would say, first and foremost, you need to see your primary care doctor regularly so that you're diagnosed. Since 16 million Americans have diabetes, but only half of them are diagnosed. So the other half are unaware that they even have it. And once you're diagnosed, you need to work with your family doctor to control your blood sugar, blood pressure, cholesterol. And also some of these early stages can be controlled by diet and exercise alone. But the key is to see your primary care doctor because they are the gateway to your care, your diagnosis and your management. And once you're diagnosed, you want to get regular eye exams since those who have diabetes are not getting the exams that they need. Got it. Okay. So what 
do you do if someone has retinopathy? Is there a point to where it's not bad enough to deal? It's sort of like cataracts. They say that cataracts begin the day you're born. Sometimes you beat them to the punch and sometimes you don't. My wife has had cataract surgery. I don't need it yet, but the key word is yet. So is there a, we just watch it stage in terms of retinopathy? Right. So there are two main reasons why patients lose vision. The most common reason is when the damaged vessels will leak fluid into their central vision, their macula. That's the most important part of your retina. And if fluid leaks into your central vision and threatens your central vision, that's when we're going to start doing treatment. Those treatments involve injections in the eye. That's the mainstay. Some patients will add laser on top of that. The other reason we treat diabetic retinopathy is when they're towards that end stage where they're starting to develop new vessels. And those new vessels can bleed inside of the eye. They can turn into scar tissue that will detach the retina. And I think most scary and most urgent is when they start to grow in front of the eye and then they block the draining system of the eye. Then that becomes an emergency to manage. So those are the two stages that we have it. But really, I will say the biggest challenge for us when controlling diabetic retinopathy is the patient presenting to the office to allow us the chance to treat them. Got it. I want to circle back to something that you said, talking about fluid leaking. That fluid, is that blood? So it could be blood. So your blood, if you take blood and you spin it, then Mm -hmm. the red blood cells will settle at the bottom and then there's serum that's at the top. So it's that fluid. It's Ah. the serum that actually leaks out. Yeah, because of the weight, I guess, of it. It's like the cream that goes to the top. Yes. So thank you so much. This has been so informative. Here's the thing. Is your biggest challenge, I would imagine, just folks not getting in to see somebody early enough? I would say so, because I think managing, when they talk about preventive medicine as being key, they'll also talk about how most of the money spent is during the end, because it's so much harder. There's so much more effort involved in healthcare when somebody's presenting late. If you can get it at the early stage, it is so much easier to control, and you are able to save so much more vision. We are so much better in our world here, the WWT, Dr. Molter, the wonderful world of trucking. We're so much better in doing preventive maintenance on our trucks and our automobiles than we are on our bodies, are we not? No truer statement has been said. (laughs) But we'll try to make a meet and we'll see you in the middle, pun intended. Thank you so much for spending some time with us. Are you operating this morning? I will be doing procedures in the morning and then going to surgery in the afternoon. Ah, fantastic, fantastic. Thank you so much. I hope we can meet again. Thank you so much. Dr. T. Molterra, board-certified ophthalmologist, trained in vitreal retinal surgery. That closes out this edition of the Highway to Health podcast, sponsored by Healthy Trucking of America. We would like to take this opportunity to thank you once again for spending part of your day with us on Pod Wheels, powered by Radio Nemo. And we would also like to invite you to visit HealthyTruck.org, the website for Healthy Trucking of America. HealthyTruck.org is filled with information and resources that can help make your travels down our nation's roads and highways a healthier one. Be sure to check back with us each Friday for the latest episodes of the Highway to Health podcast, sponsored by Healthy Trucking of America. Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo, also has another podcast from Healthy Trucking of America. 
be sure to check out the Healthy Trucking Podcast. Now, folks, you can find all the podcasts being brought to you by Healthy Trucking of America through Podwheels powered by Radio Nemo. You can listen to us by downloading the Podwheels app, which is available in the Apple Store or on Google Play. You could also listen to all the episodes being brought to you by Healthy Trucking of America through our website, podwheels.net. Now, folks, we've got one last item to pass along to everybody. You can now catch up with the Highway to Health podcast on all the major podcast platforms, including Apple, Spotify, iHeart, Amazon Music, and Google Podcast. Just go wherever you get your podcast and search Highway to Health. And when you find our podcast, we would ask that you take a moment and subscribe to The Highway to Health. You'll be notified whenever we release a new episode. The Highway to Health podcast, sponsored by Healthy Trucking of America, is a production of Podwheels, powered by Radio Nemo.